Amen. Thank you, Scott, CJ, Anthony, Michael, Ross. Thank you. Man, you guys, I know we've met a few times, but man, that was amazing time of worship. There's nothing like um, hearing our praise team, team uh, lead us alive. And, and I, have, I have really missed that, and I know that you guys have too. I know we had a few weeks under our belt and uh, uh, had to take a week or two off here. And so uh, just be praying. Be praying for our staff and our, our uh, team uh, that makes those decisions uh, that maybe we can get back together next week. Listen, I know that, uh, uh, oh, for one, that, that wasn't just a Charlie or a dad joke beginning saying, it's good to see you. I really did. Uh, I guess I'm a creature of habit, and I said that accidentally. So it is, it is good to see at least, look, I'm being humored today because the praise band is, is sitting out here, so I encourage them to give me a few amens to keep me rolling today. Yeah, oh, yes, and the, and the booth, people in the booth, uh, Sam and, and Steve and Daniel and Jess, uh, we couldn't do it without them for sure. But listen, just, just for starters, you guys, I just want to let you know my, my heart, is just absolutely overflowing some good and some bad to see what's going on in our world uh, with the pandemic and the injustices that are going on. It is so hard to see unity in our country right now. And so this morning, as we look at unity and purpose out of a a passage that uh, uh, is incredible, uh, one that, that I've read many, many times and uh, over the last couple of weeks it just came alive to me. Um, as, as we dig into this this morning, we have to understand, you guys, listen, we have got to understand that if there seems to be no unity in our world today, the church has got to be unified. We have hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Look, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about Jared Brooks and his family. So we have hope with Jesus Christ. We have hope with a new pastor coming on board. We have hope that we're going to be able to meet again soon. Ultimately, listen, you are the church. Whether we meet or not, we have proven over the last several months that we are the church. We don't need a building to do church. We don't need a building to be effective in the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, as we, as we dig in, you know, it's interesting to see the kind of things that, that bring people uh, together. You know, think about it. If you have two men or two women, or it could be two little boys and, or two little girls or two youth or two young adults together, that can be polar opposites, but you get them at a ballpark watching a baseball game or you get them at a stadium watching a football game or if you get them in a coliseum watching a basketball game, They can be side-by-side high-fiving each other just as well. You know, I've I've had uh, delays on my flights before, and I could be just sitting there, and a a stranger come up to me, and and there's a conversation sparked. You know, also, even, even now, when you think about what we're going through with the pandemic or if during some sort of a a national tragedy or disaster, we see how citizens come together in extraordinary ways. 
You know, the church really, though, takes on um, unity. It takes it to an entirely different level. The church is very diverse. There's white collar, there's blue collar, there's political differences in our churches. Uh, plus, if, if you think about it, not just our church, but church in general, there's pretty much every ethnic group under the sun that, that are involved in church. Yet, listen, we come together because of our shared faith in Jesus Christ. That is where our unity begins. That is where our unity ends as Christians, as believers. It's our shared faith in Jesus Christ. You know, at least we're, we're supposed to all come together. Sometimes our differences will still, will still get in the way. But listen, at, at least listen. Today, I want to challenge you. I, there may not be another opportunity that I have. I most likely will not uh, to be able to speak to you and encourage you as your friend and a, and a pastor of yours um, before Pastor Jared and his family come. And so I want, to, I want you to think about, about unity. And I want you to apply these principles um, today that we're talking about when we talk about unity and purpose. In the book of Acts, Luke, Luke uh, describes a very young church that did more than, than talk about unity in Christ. What they did is they lived it out. And I believe in the coming days... Um, the best of this church is still ahead of us. I really believe that. And I've been here a very long time. And we've had great men and great women come and go. But I believe that if our thoughts and our, and our actions uh, are focused on the cross and focused on our faith in Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed at Calvary for our sins, and we really move forward with these three principles that we see in this passage, there is no telling how God can use you and how God can use me. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time again. Thank you for a great time of worship. And Lord, I pray for those that are gathered today in their homes around computers or phones or television sets, maybe uh, at a beach uh, just listening to us this morning. God, I pray as a church family, a church that we call First Baptist Church, Olive Branch, Mississippi. God, show us through this word of yours, God. These scripture and acts, God. The importance of being unified, being one under Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift this time up to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First, the first point this morning is I believe that uh, in order to grow and in, in order to make an impact in our community, that, that we have to be unified in prayer. Look at Acts 4, verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Well, listen, there's a lot that leads up to this particular verse in Acts 4 verse 31. Let's back up a little bit. For starters, this entire book, uh, we, we kind of we see at the beginning the religious authorities had arrested Peter. And they arrested John for preaching about Jesus' resurrection. And when the two apostles were brought before uh, the rulers, they gave a bold yeah, easy for me to say, declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ. They boldly spoke of Jesus as the only way to salvation in the, in the first 12 verses in, the, in this scripture. And I want to read those, if I may, today. Let's read that. 
Let's read the first 12 verses. We're going to kind of hop around between 1 and, and, and 31 for just a moment, if you, if you don't mind. Verse 1 of chapter 4, While they were speaking to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees con- confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the day since it was already evening. We don't always have to worry about that, do we? Preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, sharing the faith, and and being arrested for it. But many of those who heard of the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Verse 5, the next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem, and all the members of the high priestly family were there. After they they had... Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we were being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, because back in chapter 3, what they did was they were a part of the healing of a lame man, okay? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. So the authorities charged them, Uh, not to speak about Jesus anymore. I want to jump down about uh, three more verses. Let's pick this up in in chapter 15. Again, we're setting this up, leading into 31 through 37. In 15, it says this. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. Listen to verse 20. Powerful. For we are, they say this. Okay, think of all that persecution they're taking. They were arrested. Verse 20. For we are unable to speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. So the authorities charge him not to speak about Jesus anymore. And the Bible, or the Bible tells us that Peter and John were boldly saying we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. After Peter and John were released, later on a few more verses down the road, um, they went straight to the believers and told them all that had happened. And listen, the believers didn't get mad. They didn't get irritated. They didn't try to get even with the rulers. The believers responded with an amazing prayer. We're going to pick the prayer up in verse 24, okay? Verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against the Messiah. Verse 27, for in fact, 
In this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand in your will had predestined to take place. And now listen to, listen to this amazing part of the prayer that the people prayed in verse 29. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all Boldness. They didn't ask God to, de to deliver them from the hands of those who, who would harm them. They didn't even pray for protection. Their only prayer was that God would help them be bold in the face of persecution. That was their only prayer. They prayed that God would help these men be bold in the face of persecution and share their faith no matter what. These early believers were, were facing pressure of persecution probably every single day of their lives, but they didn't run. Instead, they came together. And what united them? What united these people that were being persecuted every day? And not like we get persecuted. I'm sure it was hard living back then if you knew who Jesus was and you believed and had faith in Jesus Christ. What united them? The same thing that should unite us. Their faith. In Jesus Christ, that's what united them. Their faith in Christ and their desire to spread the good news of the gospel to all who needed to hear. And how do you know who needs to hear the gospel? Think about that. Do you pick and choose who you share the gospel with? Do you share the gospel at all? You don't know, until, you don't know if somebody has a relationship with Jesus Christ until you ask them. These people were unified in prayer. As, as these believers expressed their unity in their prayer, three amazing things happened that we see in verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. So listen, we are somewhat of a diverse um, congregation. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. We all come from different backgrounds. But listen, church, we can all be unified in prayer. I believe we need you to be unified in prayer. Pray for Jared, pray for his wife, pray for his children, pray for our staff, pray for each other that will be bold with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will help this church grow. That will make an impact on this community. It's really not about how big we get as a church. It's how big the kingdom gets because of this church. So be unified in prayer. Second thing we see in this passage in verses uh, 32 and 33 is, is this, is to be unified with one heart and one mind. Beginning in verse 32, Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind. And no one claimed, hold on, let me rephrase that. And no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But instead, they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was on all of them. So listen, whenever individuals are filled with the Holy Spirit and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, they cannot help uniting with one another. 
Listen, church, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in our lives when it comes to unity. When the Holy Spirit gets involved with individuals and gets involved with churches and gets involved with a community or a nation, He will produce the change. It's not about us to change. We've got to go where the Holy Spirit leads. And when we're teachable and moldable and willing to go, the Holy Spirit will get a hold of us. And and that change will take place. And And not only will it be a change, but it will be a change that lasts. And that's ultimately a mark of a Christ-following, Christ-sold-out Christian is when you make a mark that lasts on a person, that lasts on a church, that lasts on a community. The early believers were deeply impacted by what the Holy Spirit had done and, and was doing in their lives. And so throughout the remaining verses of Acts 4, we can see how the Spirit's unifying presence manifested itself among, among the believers, specifically in verse 32. They were of one heart and one mind. These two mindsets were were foundational elements of of their early ministry. First, they were of one heart with mutual generosity, the scriptures tell us. The early believers shared their possessions. And it's really rare to see that kind of generosity today. You know, we all like comfort, don't we? I love being comfortable, Scott. I do. I just, I got to, I got to. I got a pair of boots the other I don't have them on, but I got a pair of boots before I went on vacation. My, my daughter's bought me a sweet pair of hiking boots for, for vacation uh, to go hiking in, and they are so comfortable. They're so, I slept in them the night that I got them. I mean, I, I, they're so comfortable. We love our comfort, don't we? Love, we? Actually, we love it too much. How many of us truly, and I want you to really open up your heart and mind to this challenge, how many of us truly give something and I'm not talking about just financial things. I'm not talking about just material things. What about your, your acts of service? What about the time that you spend in prayer? What about the things that you can do for, for uh, the kingdom of God, to move the kingdom of God forward? How many of us truly give until it hurts? How many of us truly give of ourselves financially or otherwise until it truly costs us something? You know, we may contribute to a fund, But really what these believers did is comparable discovering uh, maybe a fellow believer who needs transportation and giving him your car. That's kind of what we see here in this passage. One person's need became everyone's need. Now that's some serious unity. And I believe that we can show that. We've showed that in the past and we may be there now. We have got to be of one heart and one mind helping those around us. Secondly, we also see that they were in one mind and purpose. They prayed for boldness to proclaim the message of Jesus, and God answered their prayer. The apostles continued to to preach boldly and, and with power about the gospel. This was their one mission. You know, we can do a lot of good things as a church, and we do. You know, Daniel's going to kind of give you a heads up in a little bit about VBS. We do VBS off the charts. The D-Nows that Jordan has had in the past and our youth ministries have had are awesome. We have prayer breakfast for men's. We take mission trips. Uh, we had a pretty cool little basketball league. Um, we do a lot of things good. We do. But we must have unity on the main thing, and that's preaching the gospel to every man, to every woman, to every boy and every girl around the world. 
And listen, church, a time is coming. A time is coming when people from every nation, every tribe, and every language will gather around the throne of God and give Him praise and glory. God is at work around the world bringing these people to Himself. Our mission is to join Him in that task. And I'll be honest, I know I got a little bit emotional a little bit ago, but that's where my heart has been here lately. Because I have talked to some of you, and I've seen some of you, and I miss some of you, all of you, very, very much. But I miss being able to link arms with you all in ministry, most of all. And I think I'm speaking on behalf of our staff. We love you all. And some of you guys are, I would say all of you, but some of you guys are awesome. And we need you. I cannot wait to walk alongside you and do ministry with you again. And think of this again. Pastor Jared's going to be right there with us. How cool is that? I cannot wait for Pastor Jared and his wife and family to get here. So we, we see that, that uh, these believers were unified in prayer. And they were also unified in one heart and in one mind. And, and lastly, in verses 30 through Uh, 34 through 37, we see that they were also unified in total surrender. Verse 34, for there was not a needy person among them because of all those who owned lands or houses or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus by birth, the one the apostles called Barnabas, which is translated uh, son of encouragement, sold the field he owned, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. So we see the Holy Spirit leads us to surrender. When we have a teachable, open spirit, we're in tune with God in a way that we can, we really realize and acknowledge the Holy Spirit's work in our life. The Holy Spirit leads us to surrender, which is why the believers in the early church willingly gave up their possessions. And they gave up their possessions for one another. They joyfully let go of everything else they they could fully embrace so they could fully embrace Christ and focus completely on Him and His gospel. Surrender is often hard. We know that, right? If it was easy to surrender to things, we'd surrender to everything that God calls us to. It's not. Again, go back to the comfort thing. Sometimes we get in this comfort zone where we don't want to be bothered especially by maybe by family or friends, or your wife or a coworker, but especially by God sometimes. We just don't want to be bothered when we're in that comfort zone and He wants to make us uncomfortable where these people were made uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit's work in their lives and their surrender to it. It is hard, but it shouldn't be. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit sometimes is hard, but it shouldn't be. When we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we gain far more than we give up. And I want to illustrate that with this. When I surrendered to ministry in, in uh, I think it was 2001, I don't know, I am getting so old, um, I think it was 2001, look, I had been at my job for about 18 years, plenty of friends in central Arkansas had, had built a, I was going to say built a reputation, but it was probably a bad one at that point, probably pretty close to it anyway. But I had built a lot of, a great friend base, a networking work relationship with a lot of people. And, um, man, I just, it was hard. And for a year and a half or so, I really struggled. Stephanie and I really struggled through God's call on our lives. I knew he was up to something. I couldn't put my finger on it. But then, 
you know, absolutely overnight when God called me to ministry and I got on that dirty print shop floor in North Little Rock, Arkansas and surrendered, I thought I, I felt defeated to a certain extent. I did. I felt defeated. I felt like everything I've worked for to that point in my life I was going to lose. Fast forward to moving here and moving into seminary housing, going to Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. I soon realized that it was a victory. It wasn't a defeat because God had replaced those friends that I had there with friends that, uh, including a lot of you, uh, pretty cool people, uh, people that loved me, people that encouraged me, and people that I did the same with. Now, the financial side, look, I, we didn't miss a mill or a bill. God provided every single thing for us. It wasn't a defeat. It was a victory. When we surrender, we surrender in victory, not defeat. Listen to what the scriptures say. Every time God convicts us of sin, it's, it's time to surrender that sin to God and experience His forgiveness, experience His freedom and His grace. Listen to what First I'm sorry, First John 1 9 says. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. And righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every time he calls us to respond generously to a need, we can joyfully let go of what we know was never ours in the first place. Proverbs 3.27 says this, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. And all of us have an abundance of material things. I know we do. Give. When it is in your power to do it. Every time he speaks to us about the direction and purpose of our lives, we can surrender and join him in the great adventure of his mission. Listen to what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. You know why we can do that? It tells us trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And what's he going to do? He's going to make your path straight, isn't he? All we have to do is acknowledge His presence, trust in Him with all of our heart. Don't lean on our understanding. Sometimes I think when God gives us direction and purpose in our lives, sometimes we want to just kind of wait, don't we? Take those little baby steps, and sometimes that's okay. But it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of not leaning on our own understanding, and it's a matter of acknowledging His presence in our lives. And sometimes we, it's hard to do that, but when we do, we've got to know that God will make our path straight. Verses 36 and 37 give us a, a specific example of one believer's generosity. And I want to close with this. So I want to go back and read these two verses. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus by birth, the one the apostles called Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, sold a field, sold a field he owned, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You know, Barnabas sold a, a field and, and brought the proceeds to the, to the apostles for, for distribution. He surrendered his life. He really exemplified the mindsets that, that we see in verses 32 and 33, where he was of one mind and, and one heart. We know Barnabas was of one heart with his fellow Christians because of his generosity, right? We also know that Barnabas was of one mind with his fellow Christians because of his encouragement and his laser-like focus on the church's mission. Sharing the great news of Jesus Christ. And that is what we should do. When we totally surrender, when we're unified in surrender, 
or yeah, when we're sorry, when we're unified in total surrender. Listen, those kind of things happen. Being unified in prayer, being unified in one heart and mind, being unified in total surrender. Look, there's no way that God will not use us as a channel for the Holy Spirit to work through when we have that mindset. Barnabas surrendered himself to the Lord. His devotion to Christ was apparent because of his devotion and unity with other believers. So I want to challenge you, and everybody knows the story about Barnabas. I want to challenge you to be a Barnabas in our church. Live unselfishly. Live giving. Live to give. Choose to be a Barnabas in our church and in our community. I'm going to close with this and I'm going to pray. There's an incredible power um, when God unites His people. And I believe that He's doing that right now with all of us, even though there's about five or six, eight or ten people in this room. I believe that God is uniting us even now. And there is incredible power in that. How will you strive for unity of heart and mind within the church and within our church, our, our community of Olive Branch? Three things I want to challenge you with as we leave. I want to encourage you to focus on these three things in the coming days. The first thing is this, share. Okay, share. Take a bold step to confirm that, that you've surrendered everything to Christ. When you see someone today or tomorrow, or you know what? Scratch that. The rest of your life, do whatever you can to take care of it. Second is this, pray. Pray every single day for unity here in our church, okay, and among believers in our community. Look, the world is attacking right now. God wants to use us. Do you want to be used? Pray. Pray every single day for unity here at First Baptist and among believers in our community. Ask God to remove all barriers to unity and make this church family one in heart and mind. And then the last one. It was hard to number these one, two, and three. They are all together. Share. I mean, yield. Excuse me. Surrender yourself each day to the Lordship of Christ and let Him fill your cup with the Holy Spirit. So share, pray, and yield. Yield yourself. Surrender yourself every day to the Lordship of Christ. I want to be unified, and I hope that you do too. Unified in prayer. Unified in one heart and one mind. And unified in total surrender. Let's pray. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ and... Uh, maybe not familiar with this story or, or anything in the Bible for that matter. Uh, and today, maybe you heard something that, that something clicked in your heart. If you don't know Jesus and, and you would like more information about how to come into a relationship with Christ um, and have a healthy relationship, we're all about healthy relationship with Jesus here. We believe in discipleship. And so if you have questions, there, there is a prayer button, and you can, you can click on that prayer button, and that takes you to a private chat. So if you're wondering about things because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to, I want you to hit that prayer button and, and go in a, a safe place with somebody that can chat with you online and give you maybe help you answer some questions that you have. You know, if you're already a believer and you need somebody to pray for you privately, you can do the same thing. You know, if you have a need that maybe the church could meet, again, use that prayer chat button and go into a private chair, prayer chat room with somebody. Listen, I love you. We love you. We're thankful for you. Be unified. God, we love you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for 
this opportunity to dig into your word. Uh, God, in this way, it's crazy and it's weird and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward. God, but your word is your word. No matter where we are, if we're alone with eight or ten or with several hundred, God, your word comes alive. And I pray that it did today. God, I love you. I lift this time up to you and pray that you're honored by it. In Jesus' name I pray.